Hello, my name is Jason and welcome to DesignCast. It's a podcast where I interview a wide range of guests and ask the question, how do you design education? Why is this important? Students all learn differently and need varied teaching methods to be successful. It is more important now than ever to accommodate and personalize education for all students as much as possible. I use my 25 years of experience as an educator to ask questions and to learn about the exciting things people are doing to provide for all students and their unique perspectives. Each episode, I chat with guests from all over the world, from classroom teachers, authors, consultants, and beyond. We chat around a range of topics that we feel are important right now. Will you join me in this journey to learn and grow together? If it's your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. If you like this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, and download from your preferred podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by new listeners. Also, please use the hashtag DesignCast when discussing your thoughts and feedback on your favorite social media platform. Check out my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to connect with me. I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, so let's get on with the episode. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. On this episode of DesignCast, I was fortunate enough to chat with Fonz Mendoza. Fonz is a charismatic host of the popular podcast, My EdTech Life. He currently serves as an instructional software specialist at a public school district in South Texas. A student himself, Fonz has been able to see firsthand how technology can be used to create positive change in the education system and has become a prominent advocate for its use in schools, universities, and other educational institutions. He speaks from experience when it comes to understanding what works and what doesn't in using technology to enhance learning. My chat with Fonz was filled with hope and positivity. I'm confident that you will enjoy this as much as I did. So please connect to him through the links in the show notes. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat with Fonz Mendoza. Welcome back to another episode of Design Cast, and I am just so, so excited to have Fonz Mendoza with me. Fonz, how are you? Yeah. Hey, I'm doing great on this wonderful evening, just kind of getting ready for the cold here in Texas. That'll be coming through for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, man. It's 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 certainly something, especially if you're not accustomed to it. <laughs> so I can understand, man. All right. So listen, Fonz, it's great to have you. Thank you so much. And what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, 
Again, if um, people are not necessarily familiar with your work, who are you and what do you currently do? Excellent. Well, thank you so much again for having me. And my name is Fons Mendoza. Um, you know, feel free to call me Fons. I am the host of the Maya Tech Life podcast, uh, but that's you know, dreaming of that being my full-time gig one day. However, my eight to five, I do work as an instructional software specialist, which is really just another fancy title for, you know, instructional tech or instructional technologist. Really uh, what I'm in charge of is helping our district of 14 schools, uh, helping out all the teachers, very similar to a little bit of the work that you do is kind of designing lessons, making sure that I work with our content specialists for English, science, social studies, um, you know, ELAR, and helping them with any tech tools that we can implement and any activities that we can implement from K through 12. So that's really what my scope is. I've been in this position for six years, but I've been in education for 16 years, 11 years in the classroom as a high school and elementary teacher as well. Okay. Awesome. And what did you teach in high school? Okay, so high school, I started off high school coming in, not the traditional route. I have a business degree because I said, I don't want to be a teacher. I never want to be a teacher. So I'm going to go to school for business and I want to make big money. So I'm going to go into marketing and did sales. I graduated. I did marketing and sales for about two years. And then there was a kind of little fork in the road moment. Uh, my dad kind of became ill and I needed a job where I had more time being an only child. Uh, you know, they depended on me a lot. So I transitioned into teaching. And so I went in for my interview. My interview was 10 minutes long. They saw that I had enough hours for math and they said, okay, you're going to be a math teacher. Come in tomorrow. You'll send your paperwork. And I was like, okay. So for three years at, in the high school level, I taught uh, ninth grade algebra. And the way that our district works, though, is they're what we call a block schedule. So you're cramming a whole year of learning within three months. And so I was getting kids that were kind of repeaters that weren't passing their state exam. And that's really how I honed in my skills and personalizing their learning, bringing in those marketing concepts and actually being very successful with those students in that they were able to pass their tests because a lot of them needed that to graduate because I had all levels from ninth through 12 in a classroom. So that's really where I honed in my skills for three years. Then I transitioned down to elementary, did sixth grade and fifth grade uh, for a couple of years. And that is where I just fell in love with teaching because I had my students for the whole year now and talking about building relationships, talking about community outreach with parents and so on. So yeah, so that that has been my experience. Never did middle school, but I, I hear that's kind of tough. And I'm like, maybe I'm glad that I didn't go in the middle school route either. <laughs> it, it takes us, a, a they're a special breed of human being. Uh, and there's a lot of changes. Uh, middle school is a special time because they change some, they come in as very young children and they leave as ready for high school. So I mean, there's a lot of change in a very short period of time, physically and uh, emotionally and socially, there's a lot of changes. And so, but yeah, no, no, it's, that's all good. I mean, like I, I've, I've taught the whole gamut as well, and I completely understand what you're saying. So thank you for that, Fonz. I appreciate that. And so what have been some of the challenges you faced in your time as an educator? What have been some of the things that have been a challenge for you and how have you addressed those? Yeah, of course. Well, some of the challenges I'll go, I'll explain too, because especially like, you know, in the classroom and then of course challenges now as an instructional technologist, you know, so in the classroom, 
really the challenges were doing things the way they've always been done. You know, like I said, coming in from not the traditional education space and then having mentors that were very helpful. Some of the things I was always questioning is like, why can't we do it this way? Or why can't we change things up like this and so on? So a lot of the things were, well, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way it is. And this is what we're going to stick to. And so a lot of my battles were that I came in just with a different perspective. However, I did listen. I did learn a lot from the way they used to do things. But then what I would do is I would just sprinkle on my little spice to it and in doing my own research and being able to take risks. So a lot of it was not enough risk taking and which is okay. Some teachers don't feel comfortable taking risks, but myself just being a lifelong learner. And I know it sounds cliche, but I'm always doing research and trying to be the best that I can and just being ready in season and out of season. So that's been one of my things in the classroom. Teachers just really saying teaching the way they were taught and not really uh, adapting to our new type of learner or different modalities of teaching. Uh, As far as on the tech side, instructional tech side for the last six years, my first three years were not being able to get anybody to come into my trainings because they were so anti-tech. And the reason for that is because our school district doesn't have a lot of funding. So it was very rare that teachers would have Chromebooks or rare that they would even have anything, devices for the students that were, that can be one-to-one. So as soon as we kind of started going one-to-one, things got a little bit better. But now the problem is that because of pandemic, teachers have been doing great with tech, but now they are jumping from platform to platform to platform, trying to kind of in their way, trying to find like the pill that's going to solve it all, the platform that's going to solve it all, and that doesn't exist. And so what they do is they kind of fight back against what we have set as a district and they really don't dive in to what we have because they just kind of touch it superficially and say no I don't like this and they'll hop onto something else and they'll hop onto something else so right now my mentality or trying to teach teachers to have the mentality of seeing the platform as an instrument and what I mean by that is I mean by like a guitar getting to know the guitar you once you learn it you, you kind of dive in deep, you learn your notes, you learn your chords, you learn the tuning and you start learning those melodies. And all of a sudden you do songs rather than, ah, I'm just going to pick up the guitar, strum it once. You know what? The C didn't sound very good, but you only practiced it once and then you move on to the next thing. So it's just really getting them to dial in what we have and maximize it because they may be surprised that it does a lot of what they're seeking out there already. I love that analogy, man. That's a great one because, you know, uh, we know master guitarist and we know hobby guitarist. <laughs> and to hear a master guitarist play um, is magical. And then to hear someone learning is not as magical usually. And so it's it's a great analogy to say that because that, that's absolutely right. I mean, um, making judgments based on what the paint on the outside of the guitar looks <laughs> like versus actually taking time to get to know it. So that's a great analogy. Thank you for sharing that with us, Vaughn. So on the on the, the opposite side, what have been some of the things you're super proud of um, that you've been able to accomplish and do in your time as an educator or any other thing? Yeah. So as far as an educator, one of the things that I'm super proud of is the last four years being in the classroom doing fifth and sixth grade, the last four years, 
was really kind of learning a little bit more of that ungrading practice. And I know we talked a little bit about that uh, previously, but one thing that I loved was really seeing the students learn and grow and not focus so much on the grades. So, and not, again, to be clear, it's not that they didn't get grades, you know, on the daily or on the weekly, but I just graded a little different where everything was based on a rubric and it was based on projects that they would do. So if I'm teaching science, they would all be together in a group. They were assigned, well, actually there were, I would have the, you know, uh, the timers, I would have the note takers. Each student had a role, but they would pick and decide who would have that role and they would create a presentation based on what we're learning in that unit. And what I loved about that is that I was able to really see their thought process. I was able to see some areas of weakness. If there were some misconceptions, I would be able to see that in their projects and correct them. Or if they did some great things and showed some growth, I had that learning artifact there ready to go in case we needed to go into a meeting whether it's a parent meeting or it was for accommodations, anything, I had something to show that student's growth. And what I loved about it is a lot of the students were able to either get their accommodations uh, adapted to maybe less time because, they, uh, you know, instead of like, let's say an extra 30 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, but because they showed that growth, they showed that progress. Uh, some students were able to exit certain programs that they were in because, again, we had the data, we had that evidence. So those are some of the things that I'm most proud of in the classroom in that sense. Um, and also as the instructional technologist, one of the biggest things, too, was you know, during pandemic, I was the only one for 14 schools. And so I had to train teachers once we shut down. On February, no, March 13th, we weren't coming back that following Monday. Um, so that whole week, we did. I didn't have spring break. I was running about six sessions a day just by myself, getting teachers in and getting them, uh, you know, getting to know Google Classroom, Edpuzzle, and Cami. Those were the three and just do that. And it was, I had just finished my master's in ed tech. So I felt like a fish in water. And so that's one of the things that I'm most proud of and, and the fact that helping teachers that would have otherwise quit or retired because this is too much. Some of them today, to this day, say, you know what? I'm just really thankful of everything that I was able to learn because they feel that they can extend their career maybe about two or three years longer and saying, I don't feel like I have to re retire. It's like they have a newfound energy because they've been able to uh, be more efficient with their workflow. And so those are the little stories that really are like, wow, like this is awesome. And the the little wins, you know, and like they say, a win is a win. So a we're win's good. a win, man. I totally agree. That's yeah. awesome, man. Thank you. And I um, I know we've kind of brushed around it. Tell me about your podcast. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're proud of that as well, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, that too. That too. Definitely. You know, the podcast started April 10th, 2020, and it was in response, obviously, to you know, COVID pandemic. And I had uh, uh, made some friends with uh, what we call the Global GEG group, which is a Google educators group and they're a global group. And they started doing training sessions. I did a couple of training sessions on platforms to help educators out there get familiarized with platforms and so on. And so I kind of wanted to do something like that just here regionally and for my area. But what happened is I I'm I said, you know what, there's already people that are putting out 
a plethora of videos. There's so much content out there. And then what my podcast kind of just organically turned into is I just wanted to hear educator stories. I just wanted them to be honest and just to share like, hey, what what are some of your wins? What are your struggles right now? What are you, What's your best advice? And it kind of turned from kind of like an ed tech podcast that into more of like a talk show and more of a platform to amplify student or teacher stories and have them really share and open their heart out. And that's the way it's been. You know, I, we'll sprinkle on some ed tech every once in a while there, but it's really that platform to have teachers feel comfortable and give them a space to share their wins, to share their losses, to share their advice, and just really open up because we can all learn from each other's experiences. And the mission of the podcast is connecting educators, creators, one show at a time, and that that's our mission. Yeah. it's It sounds like it's a carbon copy of what I feel the same way about <laughs> is that I, I do the podcast more for me than anyone else. If someone else gets some value in it, great. But it's a chance for me to connect with great people like yourself and just um, continue to grow our network, but also just to to learn from each other. And I think we were talking earlier about, you know, how the pandemic actually helped folks like us who are doing these podcasts because we have access to people um, and that people are willing to to sit down and talk for 30 minutes or to, um, you know, connect with you where they maybe didn't have time before or you'd have to go to a conference to meet them or whatever. And so it's nice now that that we can we have this platform and the technology is caught up enough to let us do this on a on a budget. (laughs) No, for sure. That's awesome. You're absolutely correct, you know, and just to be able to do this and, you know, kind of echoing what you said is just really for myself. And and I know the phrase is always thrown out there, but lifelong learning, this, this, this fills me, this fills my bucket to be able to see things from different lenses and perspectives, because as an educator, you know, I always kept that mentality of, you know, being a salesman, you know, as a salesman. You got to be ready for whoever's going to be in front of you. And that's why one of my things I always say, I want to be ready in season and out of season. So the more I know, the better that I can adapt to that situation or to give advice or to share, you know, whatever it may be, you're ready to go. And just like you said, that access to that knowledge from people worldwide is something that is very valuable. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that, Fonz. And so you've touched on this already, but um, tell me a few ways where you design education. Oh, well, as far as design education for myself, mainly in the classroom, it was, again, that ungrading design, which was focusing more on the learning, not so much on the grades. And again, many people do not give enough credit to our students at a young level, like maybe even just third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders, if you put a Chromebook in front of them, they, and you let kind of give them some guidance, they will figure things out in a way that maybe you never thought of and find things, do things a little bit easier than you taught them. And one of the things that I loved about that kind of form of designing education was really, really truly becoming a facilitator, but also a learner from my students. So, you know, students would come in that first period, then, you know, by the end of the day, I look like the expert, but I learned everything from them. And you're building that community, which was important. 
Also in working with students that we call, we have uh, emergent bilinguals. That's the new term that we changed it to. So we have students coming in from, you know, Mexico, students that we had students from Israel in the area that I lived because it was very close to the maquiladoras or the manufacturing plants across the border in Mexico. We did have a lot of international students. So a lot of students would come in with the difficulty uh, in speaking English. So what I would do is I wanted to make them comfortable that I can put a Chromebook in front of them and they can create a presentation for me. Maybe they weren't ready to verbalize yet, but they can speak loudly through their designs, through their creation, that that showed me that they did understand what I was teaching, that they did understand the concept. And for me, that was evidence of learning. And that's the thing that I love the most. When you can show me evidence but I'm giving you a choice as to how you present it to me, but I see everything you put into it as far as your thought process, your procedures, your your creation, that it, it, to me is just something that's wonderful there. So not necessarily in line. Like I said, I, I was always one of those that likes to, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they give us a sandbox and I was one of those that was always on the edge and the kind edge, of going sure. over and <laughs> kicking some sand around and making some noise but it was all for the benefit of the student and just to see that growth that really helps out a lot and then of course on the ed tech side too as well just designing the learning for me is always keep it simple maybe two to three objectives and my motto has always been just get clicky with it you're not going to break anything you can always click refresh. You can always, you know, log in, log back out. Everything's going to be fine, but just get clicky with that. And just, again, changing that mentality with the teachers and building those relationships and helping them understand that I'm here to hold your hand. I will be here, but, you know, I'm really going to kind of start, you know, distancing myself a little bit to let you work your magic. And once they get that confidence, it's like, Man, it, it's just amazing what they can do. Yeah. No, I mean, it takes special people to work with adults because teachers are the hardest people to teach in many ways. And so, because they know everything, you know, they've got, they've been yeah. educated, right? And so, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's great. It takes special folks to work with both students and teachers and teachers as students. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that, Fonz. And so, listen, Fonz, this is great. I thank you so much for your time. We've had kind of a marathon session here. I want to ask um, if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? What's the quickest way to get in touch with you? Yeah, best way you can do is you can find me actually on all socials at my EdTech Live. So that's Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, uh, what else is there? YouTube, all of that, Instagram, at my EdTech Life. And then you can also visit our website, which is uh, myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out our 156 episodes from amazing teachers and educators around the world. And episode uh, 157 is a really great one because that's where Jason was just on right now. So you make sure you check out that episode too as well. Yeah, definitely. That was that. I'll have to relive the moment uh, later on before I get dropped out <laughs> because of my <laughs> shoddy internet. Uh, so, uh, Fonz, that's awesome. I'll make sure everything's included in the show notes. I just, you know, always want to ask. So I have one more question for you, and that is if you could travel back in time, what would you say to your younger self? That was that's a great question. And so the one thing my response to that is investing yourself sooner rather than later. And, you know, OK, so my thing has always been when I was in college and even through out high school, 
procrastination has always been my biggest thing and even my motto and I, and I laugh about it and I would share it with everybody it's like ah when I was in university my motto was always procrastinate later procrastinate later but you know what I I now a much more mature you know older you know wife family and all of that it's like none of the procrastination can definitely come back and kick you on the butt and add additional stress that you don't need so for myself it's like now i invest in myself earlier than later and that goes for anything you know that goes for my learning um well one piece of advice that i learned and i still do is whatever your salary is set aside 10% for your personal learning your own personal growth because that'll help out and pay in dividends but you know just take that one step at a time and even if it's just 1% a day get 1% better a day because that investment in the long term will just reap rewards in the end so that's my best advice to you all that's great advice man thank you yeah. I, that's I could not think of a better way to kind of wrap this up Fonz thank you so much for being part of uh, the Designcast family I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. It's been a real pleasure and I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Jason. This was a lot of fun. Thank you as always. And thank you to all your audience members as well. Looking forward to connecting with them and of course being part of your PLN now and yeah, you know, being, absolutely. You, that's amazing. So <laughs> love the connections. Uh, totally, totally. Thank you again. Thank you for being a loyal DesignCast listener. Without your support, this would not be possible. As a loyal part of my professional network, I want to share with you an exciting event that will be happening in January and February of 2023. I'd like to invite you to an upcoming series of professional development workshops, or PD Collective, organized by Classipy, a New Zealand-based global education organization. The Class of P PD Collective is a free, high-quality, online professional development workshop series that aims to bring together worldwide experts and leaders in education all on one platform. The focus is on uniting teachers across the globe so as to ease the process of international collaboration and make an impact on international education. I'm humbled to share with you that I am one of the key facilitators at this event. I'm presenting a session on the topic, Universal Design for Learning, and we're going to be doing a deep dive. And that's going to happen on February 4th, 2023 at 10 a.m. India Standard Time. Along with me, there are other prestigious keynote speakers and facilitators who will guide you through the progressive learning workshop model with productive sessions followed by tasks that will allow you to explore the Classipy platform in more detail. Please mark your calendar and save the date by registering for this event by visiting the link in the show notes. I'm looking forward to this two months of learning with Classipy, where we learn, grow, and collaborate with educators across the globe. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. Again, I'm Jason. I am the creator and host and one-man band when it comes to this podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it. And please share it with your colleagues and friends and 
help me network with those folks who you think will benefit from listening to this podcast. If you own a company or you have connections where you would like to partner with me in this podcast, whether it be sponsorship or product reviews or any other possible services, please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes and I cannot wait to hear from you. I only do this because I love talking to people and I love sharing my passion with all the listeners. So if you are interested in possibly being a future guest, please reach out and get in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. I really want to hear about how this podcast and its guests are helping you become better or to enrich your lives. Thank you so much for listening and until next time. Be good to one another.